Hi, and welcome back to the Matron Saint of Nightmares podcast. I am the Acolyte. And I am the Matron. Uh, this episode, we watched House of a Thousand Corpses by Rob Zombie. The, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. yeah. Um, fun little story. My older cousin is a metalhead, and she's the reason why I am a metalhead and why my brother is a metalhead. <laughs> Um, and, uh, we were, uh, I was 12, I think. No. Maybe around 12. And, uh, she'd taken us out to go hang out, as she usually does, um, or usually did. And, uh, she played a Rob Zombie song on the car. And scared the shit out of me and my brother. (laughs) The song did it. Yeah, it was, it had a weird intro. Yeah. And so I've always had, like, this, almost, like, deified how scary it was mm-hmm. and so i think i was pretty excited to get into this movie yeah um you have a little bit of background in this movie too yeah neither of us had it? ever seen a rob zombie movie before mm-hmm. so i think that there's a lot more too that we could see and we could check out in the future yeah um but for me uh so i have a lot of trauma which is why i'm like interested in you know the mental health and horror kind of thing mm-hmm. right um and growing up i didn't realize that it was a trauma response but when I would watch violent things, I would, like, have panic attacks, right? And mm-hmm. I like, couldn't get them out of my head. And I was at this party with, like, all the cool kids in school. And um, my best friend, who was so much cooler than me, and I was really trying to impress people, and they turned on House of a Thousand Corpses. And I felt like the, you know, those symptoms of a panic attack, and anybody who's ever had one can identify this. Like, you know, you get sweaty, mm-hmm. your breathing becomes, like, labored. And I was, like, trying to, I was, like, 14, so I was, like, really trying to, like, be cool. It was, like, right when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. I was, like, really trying to play it off. Um, and I could feel that, like, in a second, as we were watching it, I could feel like, uh-oh, I'm going to I'm gonna embarrass myself. I'm going to have, like, a full-out <laughs> panic attack here. And um, just because of the violence. And I, like, looked at my friend, and my friend backed me up. She was like, hey, guys, let's do something else. Thank God. So I had this um, this idea of what this movie was Mm -hmm. based on like little me, like baby matron's view of of what the movie was. And so I was like kind of freaked out by it um, going into it. But also it's just kind of, I think that the kind of horror, I think I struggle with dark comedies because um, I just am kind of sensitive, sensitive to like the emotional kind of, stuff that goes on in that and there's just it can be very cruel yeah um and i was a little worried about that but more than anything i think the setting like this rural setting where it's like predominantly like farmland that's kind of like where i grew up and so that setting and that like kind of cruelty is kind of what i had experienced in my traumas in a in a lesser way Praise be. (laughs) um in nowhere near this (laughs) this level right? right but like that kind of like isolated right like you're isolated with someone you can't get away from them and And if you do you are vulnerable exactly (laughs) and you're so vulnerable and i think like one of the first responses i had watching this as an adult was was man do these people have survival skills bro because um it was it i just felt like they didn't realize how vulnerable they were and how isolated they were until it was too late yeah 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 even i think some of the Acting was, I don't know if it was the acting, but you sort of felt like 
they um, didn't um, quite, yeah, they didn't quite realize the gravity of the situation until it was kind of like too late. Yeah. You know, they, I, I felt like they kind of took everything kind of lightly, but also like, I don't know, the, the characters, the characters weren't great either. Mm-mm. Like the main characters is kind of like, you're sort of like, okay, well, like, they they weren't very likable. I think that's what they it was. weren't, and I think and I think one of the reasons why like this wasn't my favorite <laughs> horror movie um, is that I felt like the character development there was kind of no time to develop these characters really. Yeah, because like so much gore was happening. Right, it was more of a gore fest. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of like, and and also the story it had a really difficult time kind of tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, like what was going on and then kind of the supernatural elements at the end. And, yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if like the sequel kind of dives into that more. Right. But ultimately like it was a, yeah, it was, there was a lot of, a lot of gore, man. I will say I did, I did like it. Um, it wasn't probably my favorite of the ones we watched, but I think with the sort of mindset of trying to talk about it on the podcast, mm-hmm. it was a little, I think that's kind of why I didn't like it as much. But mm-hmm. aesthetically, it was, it looked great. Um, I think, you know, the set design and like a bunch of stuff, it, it was, it just looked really cool, you know. And for me, I really liked a lot of the kind of grainy shots that they used, mm-hmm. the, like the shaky cam type of stuff. And um, obviously, I'm a, I like metal. And so I, I like the music that they use. And yeah. it was like. It was. It's almost like one of those movies that would have been cool to see if you're like at a bar on Halloween and it's yeah. kind of themed, yeah. and you're just with your friends and you're you're drinking and you're like not really really paying attention, you know, because right. you get enough of like the gory stuff and like the horror, and so like as like a as an art piece, I think it was cool, but I, I don't know. So I'm curious what sort of things that you might have drawn from this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like the the cinematography was pretty cool. I think um that the nostalgia part of it, like you can definitely tell like this was done by someone who's obsessed with like the yeah. the older years of horror, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was tons of throwbacks, tons of like Chex- Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of like themes, right? right? And vibes. Mm-hmm. Um I noticed a lot about mental health in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like, starting out in the beginning, like, one of the first conversations they have is they use um, uh, the R word a lot to mm-hmm. talk about, like, people's, to describe someone as, like, kind of mentally, like, um, different, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and there's a lot of, like, the old way we used to use that colloquially. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes me cringe now because I'm like that person. I'm that therapist, you know, sure, that I'm like yeah. really sensitive no, to it. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I throw it out every once in a while, but, you know, I, I, and I don't feel great about it. But, you know, it is, yeah, it's it's important to be sensitive about those sort of things. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I think so. And I, um... And I also noticed, like, right away, a lot of the, not, like, a lot of the language was, like, very overtly sexual. And they Mm. talked a lot about, like, women's sexual anatomy and, like, violence and that kind of thing together a lot. And I think that's a really interesting theme of um, this idea of sex and death that comes up all the time, right? Mm. Like, not just in horror and other movies, but particularly in horror. Um, There's often kind of, like, 
not just like a sexual violence bend to it, but like kind of like a sexualization um, mm. that happens in horror that I think is rooted in um, a lot of things. I think like there's tons of specialists that talk about in psychology, the relationship between sex and death and how we talk about them in like media and culture and how we mm. like conceptualize them as, as individuals mm-hmm. because um, like, their death is like the end of life. Sex can be life affirming. It can Mm. be life creating. And so there's all of these kind of like ups and downs. And then also just like the physical response, right? So like the physical response that people have when they're like sexually aroused or like watching something that's like sexual. So there was like a lot of like, um, themes of that. I think with baby, Mm -hmm. the, the girl, uh, the younger woman who was, part of the group that was killing people mm-hmm. um when she was like dancing and the the men rain wilson and the other actor whose name i don't know his name is uh the character's name is jerry right? the character's name is jerry yeah um and jerry were like aroused while she was like dancing on the stage and yeah. like they kind of did a close-up on their face to yeah. show that they were like they ha- they were having a response to it yeah. um and i think that was like really disturbing throughout the movie yeah because there was uh there was definitely sexual tensions maybe not the right word mm-hmm. but the, the, there was a sort of like because there was a scene in the beginning where uh bill the rain wilson character um is the first one at the house and um baby's the, like yeah, hitting baby's on him. hitting on him and so there's a bit of, like there's an element of that um that was that was interesting. I wonder, though, I mean, maybe we, I, I think, a, like, research into the movie or, or sort, of, sort of commentary. Because I think potentially, you know, what we could be missing, and again, maybe not necessarily the point of this podcast, is it could be a commentary on horror movies itself or something like that. Maybe there's something deeper there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in terms of our purposes here, I think... Um, Psychologically, it's interesting. And I think um, also the women in the movie, like the baby and her mom, um, they were very sexual, Mm -hmm. I think. And like their whole kind of portrayal, baby, her name is baby. (laughs) She was like often kind of fluctuating between like this infantilized kind of laughter Mm -hmm. and like violence and sexuality, right? Um, And then I thought another thing that was really interesting is the... uh, (laughs) The idea of, like, how everybody reacted. So after Bill died, after yeah. Bill was killed, then the, the other three were left in the house. Yeah. Um, and they were kind of coming to grips with what was going on. And they all responded in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, the first woman we see, like, the first um, girl we see, what was her name? Did I know? Yeah. See, it's it's hard. It was hard, I think, to track with the characters. Yeah, because they weren't kind of like because they kind of had like passive identities. They weren't like yeah. fully developed. I feel. Yeah, like. I think unfortunately the 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 two women, they, I, I don't know. It felt interchange. They felt interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like they the, at least the Jerry character. He was kind of this goofy, very like he was really into all of it. You know. Yeah. And then Rain, the Bill character um, was. Um, a little more hesitant, and, and they're, you know, quite contrasted that way. But yeah. the two women, I think, their personalities, at least the way they were written, weren't that different, I felt like. Well, yeah. Uh, you know. 
I think that they responded differently. I think those differences kind of like came up and then faded away in different parts. Yeah. Like that they kind of like blended mm-hmm. together a little bit. Um, but the first, the first woman, um, is like very rageful towards her captor. So mm. like when Otis takes her, right. her thing off of her mouth or whatever, um, I really envied that response because I think I would have a completely different response, but she was so in fight mode mm. despite not being able to fight, Yeah, you know? And she just... Yeah, she was like combative. She she said, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa, I wouldn't have said that. I, like, I know, I'd be I like, like, I'll do what you want. Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she, she like committed to that and there was part of that that I thought was kind of cool. Um, and then his response to that I thought was really psychologically interesting because then he like forced after he showed her that he killed her, her boyfriend, he forced her, like he kissed her forcibly. Right. So I thought that that was like a direct affront to her trauma response, which was like fighting to kind of like assert even more dominance over her. So to say like, you want to kill me, but you can't control anything that's happening. Like I have more tools against you right now. Right. Like you're completely vulnerable to anything that I want to do to you. Um, and that was really terrifying. I think the other woman, um, her response was way more relatable to me where mm. she, she was like, please just, can you untie me? Can you let me go? Like, right. I think that I would have probably been in that vein more. Like right. I related to that more. Mm. Um, it didn't help, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, she lived longer, but uh, yeah. not by much, you know? So it wasn't, um, yeah, it was very, it was very strange. Um, just like their different responses. And then even Jerry um, responded more in like a, in like trying to negotiate yeah. more than fight. Right. Yeah. Like he, he was also angry. Yeah. Um, but he was still trying to negotiate with baby while she was cutting him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like up until the point where she was cutting him. Yeah. Um, and that was Interesting. I think overall, another thing that made these characters really hard for me to like is that I just felt like they just did not have, like, survival skills. Or, like, I guess they just didn't have, like, a lot of self-awareness, I felt like. Yeah. Um, even Bill, when he was asking the questions to the captain in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like they just didn't have a good grasp on, like, where they were. Right, And right. who they are, right? Yeah, yeah. And Otis even makes that point. With um, with the first girl, he says, like, you middle class, blah, 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 yeah, right? you've never worked. You've never worked in your life except scooping ice cream on summer break, you know, for your friends with Mickey Mouse socks, right? Yeah. I appreciated that. Um, but I think that that also kind of, it showed what the environment was like more. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, if it, it does show... Um, if you guys have listened to the Evil Dead episode, mm-hmm. it, it, it goes back to, um, I don't know if it's a trope, but the sort of, the, um, the different generations, I think, of horror movies. Yeah. Right? Because the first Evil Dead, there was sort of this, and we've talked about this, right? A lot. Some of the horror movies back then, I think it was like late 70s, 80s, you know, um, they kind of portrayed a lot of the main characters and victims as these like kind of um, middle class um, do first ask forgiveness later types right you know where right, it's kind right. of like I can I can get away with anything you know so they, they show up at this gas station and where a couple people were just killed right <laughs> and 
there. I mean, I don't think they saw that, um, but they were just sort of like, oh, this, this is great, you know. Whereas I probably, you know, I'm middle class, I grew up middle class, but I probably would have been like, what the hell? Like, sure, it'd be cool, maybe in a different context, but like a roadside gas station slash no. house of horrors type no. of thing, or like, you know, like. Uh, maybe let's just get gas and go, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I don't know. And, and maybe I'm stereotyping, but, like, like I do think, um, yeah, like a, like an evil dead, right? It's just this attitude that they had of, we can... We're safe. Yeah, we're safe. Like, yeah. you know, we, we kind of own, the, not own the place, but, yeah, there's, there's this attitude of, yeah, we, we can kind of do whatever we want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's like some great YouTube clips, and I'll probably post them. I'll link to them on either Twitter or on our website. Mm-hmm. There's these great and they're hilarious YouTube videos about like different people of different ethnicities if they were cast in a horror movie <laughs> and like how it would have gone differently. Yeah. And um and I like crack up about that because you're right. And I think it like I think that that 70s or 80s kind of narrative of those very like safe feeling confident children getting into trouble and getting killed yeah i think that there was a reason for that yeah. i mean there was also like the hysteria of like demonic music or whatever right. like and the yeah. demonic thing in the 80s and i think the, and I think, I think it was partially like social control almost but yeah. also like kind of exploiting like who was going to be seeing these movies yeah. maybe we're middle class kids who felt safe and so right. this could make them feel like less safe yeah. you know yeah and there was um I forget, was it like in the 80s or 90s where um, there was um, a, a big scare about, you know, kids being snatched or something like that, right? Constantly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that big kind of like fear of, I think the 90s were like really, yeah, that was just a common narrative, I think. Um, still kind of is, unfortunately, but yeah, it's just trying to make that kind of, yeah. paint that picture for people. Yeah. Um, and I think, in this one, I kept saying, like, horror movies for me are hard if I would do things completely opposite of the main character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they weren't that relatable. Yeah. But also, they didn't have many choices, right? Right. They but probably, at the end of the day, would have just been different characters dying. In a different the same way. way. I know. Or, or the cheerleaders being kidnapped. You know what I mean? Like, right. them, I felt like I identified with a little bit more. Right, because it's like. But yeah, because for them, for the our group of, our main group of four, um, the whole time I was like, why are you going on this ride? It's nighttime. You're late. Like, what are you doing? Why are you picking up this hitchhiker? Uh, for Bill, I was like, why are you drinking that cocoa? Guys don't eat anything at this house. <laughs> why are you inside? Just stay in the car. Like, yeah. you know, just like tons of like steps along the way that yeah. I was like, what are we doing? Because I think part of it for me wasn't just that I knew it was a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it for me is growing up in a rural environment and recognizing, like, that I think a lot of people have this idyllic picture of what it is to live in, like, rural America. And I think I have a very different picture in my head of, like, what the lived experience of that can be and how dangerous that those situations can be. Like, yes, a small town is great because everybody knows your name. A small town is also terrible because everybody knows your name, right? Like, so if there is, like, a force, if there's somebody who has power over you in a small community, like, you're kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, And I... I think for me, that's why like this, I think just from my experience, that's why I'm way more afraid, I think, 
in like settings of like rural horror um, because that's where I've been the most afraid. Yeah. And so looking at that, I was like, oh my gosh, guys, don't go to that gas station. Mm. Don't. Um, I've had experiences in my life where like I've pulled up to a, a rural gas station, like almost out of gas in the middle of nowhere. Huh. And I've gone to get gas and had the person, um, the pumps don't work. So I go inside. The person at the counter tells me this isn't a gas station. Um, and so I turn around, I get my ass back in the car. And I get out because whatever was going on there with their fake gas pumps, right? Yeah. I mean, part of me hopes it was like a drug front. Yeah, just a drug front. Just a drug front. But like anything else that was going down there, I was like, cool, thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm going to just. Thanks for actually being up front. Thanks. And uh, have a great night. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go, right? So I think there was definitely a, a lot of disbelief to suspend. Yeah. You know? I, it's it's interesting. My response to a lot of the way they reacted, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure plenty of people were raised right, but I it was I think I was raised being very polite to people. Yeah. And yeah, like I think they made a lot of poor decisions, but also it was because we were watching a horror movie. Right. right easy right. to determine. But even in those situations, I felt like the kids were quite rude. Yeah, and confident in their rudeness. Like, yeah. Because, yeah. like, here they are, they picked up a hitchhiker, right? They're, they're, uh, they picked up a hitchhiker, and th- it was a trap, ultimately, because they shotgunned one of their wheels. Right, right. Um, but, in any case, they didn't know, yeah. right? Lady offers to have her brother tow their car and potentially fix their wheel. Yeah. And I would have been way more thankful, actually, to them in that situation, right? The dinner was weird. Yeah. Right? But, like, you know, I think I would have, uh, I don't know. Again, I, you know, I just, I felt like they were kind of rude and that set them, the, the, the people at the house off, you know? Yeah. And, of course, I don't think they would have reacted. Been great to them anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, for me, I would have been like, thank you so much for the food, you know. I would have been just de-escalating like, the yeah, whole time. Yeah. Like, like you know, be and, and I don't think they realized, you know, and again, we were watching a horror movie called House of a Thousand Corpses. And so we knew that they were likely going to die. But I, if I was in a foreign situation like that and somebody was helping me, even though I did, didn't know that they sabotaged my car, this still probably would have been a little more polite. Yeah, I think. And I would have like been polite out of safety, too. Absolutely, like yes, out of like yes. out of like, yeah, manners or whatever, but also just like. I am in your space. Yeah, exactly. Like, I am in the middle of nowhere in your space. And if, like, someone, like, baby had sat on the lap of my boyfriend in that show scenario, yeah, I mean, I would not have reacted that way. Right. I think because I would have recognized that it wasn't a safe space to pick a fight in a rainstorm in the middle of nowhere in someone's home like that. And they just, you know, not, not to say that it justifies... That behavior, but they did just fix your car. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, clearly there's clearly something about them that is like very different. Yeah, <laughs> that you don't understand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, and like the main thing that I, I wanted to talk about too was just how the family was portrayed, or how like the right. yeah, the, the unit was portrayed, right? Too. Yeah, because like they were clearly kind of portrayed as like, um, kind of inhuman. In a way, yeah. Um, they were 
portrayed as just like vicious and kind of like bizarre and psychopathic and like all of these traits. And I, and I, I think that they were going for them being like, quote unquote, like crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, um, I struggle with that. I mean, I think, I think bizarre behavior of course can be scary. And I just always am like kind of sensitive to that horror movie trope about like the crazy people who are like obsessed with torture. However, I also understand, like, you know, if you were filming a movie where it was, like, a super, like, uh, non-intimidating person doing all of these terrible things, right, that there would be less, like, it would be less, like, horror movie and, like, nostalgic kind of throwback. Yeah. Um, But it also makes me think of, like, something like American Psycho, where they kind of take the, the, the Christian Bale character in that movie is very adept in social situations, very charming, right? Yeah. But he's very violent. Yeah. And so I think I am, I almost thought like their portrayal was kind of cartoonish. Yeah. In yeah. a way, like really over the top. Well, cause, and you, I'm sure would know way better, but there's no such thing as crazy in your field. Right? No, you know, look, cause no. Crazy is, is a colloquialism for something that we don't understand. Exactly. And, and, a non-specific colloquialism, right? Yeah, and 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 it's a it's a it's like probably the biggest blanket mm-hmm. that you could put on any sort of abnormal mental state, right? You exactly, like, exactly. It, it, it could be applied in so many different situations. So it did kind of fulfill that trope of mm-hmm. horror movie crazy, right? And you know, I think there's a lot of parallels to Chainsaw Massacre. For sure. Because um, they did kind of did the same thing in Chainsaw Massacre, right? Um, and I think part of it is because there's also no origin story. And so you don't really know how they got there. But I'm and sure... why can, they're kind of doing this? Right. Like, and, you don't really get it? Yeah. And, like, I'm sure you can confirm, too. But, like... Well, I, I'm... I'm uh, 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 these... Are these behaviors realistic? You know what I mean? They're, yeah. Because they're also imagined behaviors. Because I'm sure there's been lots of fucked up things that people have done of course. you know and um but i think the mystification of those things happens when you just blanket it with that's crazy exactly and then exactly. in these movies um they they play that up and, and again out of the context without an origin story or something like that then it's easy to kind of just play up those behaviors and those outcomes or of people and um and again i think it works in for the movies um, yeah i guess in a vacuum yeah but um probably not reflective of how you know like real life sort of horror right be and, right. and i think there's and again uh, it's not necessarily a criticism on the movie because I think that's just the way it was made. Right. right. Um, and, um, but yeah, in, in terms of actual mental health in the real world and that kind of stuff, it's maybe not that accurate. No, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of different. And I think that they borrowed from a lot of different like stories of like people who have killed people. Right. Yeah. Like they kind of gave some shout outs to, yeah. You know, some serial killers. Right. Um, but and I was ranting to you about this the other day. <laughs> but I've worked I've worked with 
I work primarily with veterans, primarily with combat veterans. And I've worked with folks who have killed hundreds of people and thousands of people themselves, right? I've worked with snipers who have like put someone in their sights and killed hundreds of people, right? And there's this mystification we have about that. Like we, we try to say that there's something inhuman about that or that there's something that makes them like different to be able to do that. And yeah, there's tons of things that lead a person to that point. Right. But also the people that I have worked with have empathy. Yeah. They're complicated people who thought they were, who think that they were doing the right thing. Right. right? Or who were doing that for a purpose. And I think, you know, people, I think generally folks would be shocked if they could understand what it's actually like for someone who is who is like ended other people's lives yeah. and like the emotional processing. And of course there are tons of people who do not have empathy who hurt other people. Right. That's yeah. absolutely something that happens. It's like a, actually a biological reaction. We can actually do some CAT scans or some MRIs mm. now, and we're able to kind of identify if somebody meets the criteria for um, like some levels of antisocial personality disorder. There are people doing a lot of like work in the field on that. Um, for people who don't have that, like, compassion or empathy, they don't have the ability to access that, right? Um, and often, even if people don't have empathy like that, they, they still, more often than not, don't kill people, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of people who meet criteria for antisocial personality disorder, or what we used to call psychopathy, and they are functioning members of society with jobs. Yeah. You know, so... It's hard to well, pinpoint. a lot of them are CEOs. And a lot of them are freaking CEOs or hedge fund managers, bro. <laughs> or politicians. Like, let's be real. So I think it's uh, getting into those tropes for me is like a, is a little uncomfortable because I think that there's a dehumanizing aspect to it. Sure. Yeah. And as um, incomparable characters from American Horror Story have pointed out, all monsters are human. <laughs> like I think I think that there's something yeah. even more terrifying about that. Yeah. Than this dehumanized kind of person that is Right, because it kind yeah. of otherizes a, a, a section of human experience. Um, yeah. And I think the scary part is like you can't tell when you look at someone if they're a threat to you necessarily. Right. Yeah. right? That's the scary part. And that's the scary yeah. part for me. So and I also think that the 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 murderers in this in the movie were like very they were kind of rural tropey too. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I know I've just ranted about um, how scary rural environments can be. Yeah. And I stand by that. But also there is like this cartoonization or something well, of you that could, character. You could say that because you're from a rural area. Because <laughs> I have earned <laughs> yeah. the, the It'd credit. be different if I said that because, you know, I didn't. And sure, I've sure. never really been. Sure. You know, like. Or I have been to rural areas in California, but that's still kind of different, I feel like. I mean, yeah. but, you know, who knows? But, yeah. Yeah. Like, I've definitely been... One time my car broke down on the side of the road, and I had to call a tow truck in the middle of nowhere in Missouri. And I was um, picked up by a very sketchy-looking tow truck and taken to a barn with no phone or bathroom. And we waited there for four hours, and there were meat hooks everywhere, and naked women 
on the barn doors. And I was the only woman. There were three big men that didn't talk to me or make eye contact with me. And I just sat there with meat hooks. You know what I mean? So I think things like that, like to me are, are very scary. And I think this like kind of fantastical idea about a thousand corpses in this house and where all of they do, all that they do um, is kill people and I, and torture people. Right. Cause right. that was like the main yeah. thing. And Otis was somehow driven by pain, I think, or like by inflicting pain yeah. or there was some artistic thing for him. Like he yeah. was trying, he was like, he had these weird dioramas. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. So, and I think part of it for me too, is I couldn't really get why they were doing this. Right. Yeah. There was that like kind of loose line with uh, Dr. Satan. Yeah. That kind of end, never. Yeah. At the end, it kind of, Almost became a bit supernatural, too. Yeah, what were those guys doing? Yeah, Who like were they? Juiced up, like, bootleg Bane characters. <laughs> they were bootleg Bane characters, <laughs> um, yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's, like, kind of why at the end of it, it was a cool movie. Yeah, different movie, unique movie, for yeah, sure. Yeah, probably the most different from what we've watched. And I think as, like, an art piece, it was great. But mm-hmm. in terms of substance for this podcast i think it was well and i think you know there's actually plenty that we could talk about but it but, was yeah yeah the story wasn't necessarily like the most like psychologically um rich yeah you know um for sure and the end too like i there was tons of like throwbacks to like the classics in horror mm-hmm. And the end definitely had like Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes, mm-hmm. except you know it didn't end well. Yeah. And um, well, there was a question mark at the end. There was a question mark, Spoiler. and I thought that was like for some reason I hated that. <laughs> like I just was like so irritated by that. I was like, what? Like I get it, like that you're throwing back to like this nostalgic period of time, but to me that just seemed like so basic. Like what? What is? The- like, is this like 1930? Is this like <laughs> Nosferatu or something? I actually like, thought it was kind of cool. Like, yeah. For me, again, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, um, and I think, yeah, I think part of it is, again, that it didn't it didn't feel like there was a whole lot that we could maybe talk about in the podcast. And I think I was a little bitter about that. But <laughs> at the same time, like. You know, maybe if we thought about it some more and did some research, you know, I think, like, maybe it is a commentary on something like that, you know. And, yeah. Because I think, I think there might be something we're missing for sure. But, again, we're not doing horror movie analysis here. We're we're, we're extracting sort of elements of mental health to talk about. And, and yeah. So. And I did, I mean, you know, I know we're not analyzing, like, the movies for their movies, for the, the content of the movie or the quality of the movie or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I did try to read, actually like read a little bit about like oh, okay. reviews or like kind of the, because um, for me, I was just like, why is, what is going on? Like, why is this happening? So mm. I was like kind of trying to see like what, what's out there. And if anybody who hears this, like has a good resource, like please send it to us on yeah. social media or something, but We'd like to be wrong. We would love to be wrong. Yeah, because it was just hard for me, and I don't know if I just didn't dig hard enough, but it was really hard for me to get into, like, the substance of it, yeah. of, like, what's going on. Yeah. And maybe the, the because it's now a trilogy, I think. So maybe, like, the uh, the okay. next movies would explain some part of that that yeah, I, we'll I'm not sure of, but, but yeah. And I'm really glad that we did it, and I think yeah. we should do more Rob Zombie because oh, it's sure. just, like, such a different, it's definitely not, 
like the like big studio <laughs> kind yeah. of like yeah, yeah. horror that has like wide appeal, like some paranormal yeah. activity or something, right? Uh-huh. Like I think he takes a very specific, like very unique perspective on it. Yeah. And it's a very kind of artistic yeah. portrayal yeah. of horror. Yeah. I you know, I, I still think it's actually one of the cooler movies we've seen, mm-hmm. um, just in terms of the vibe. And again, the music was great and, and everything. And, but, yeah. Yeah. There was a cool part um, where uh, Otis was killing the police officer. Uh-huh. He had the gun to the police officer's head. Oh, yeah. And it just Correct. stayed there yeah. forever. Like slowly zoomed out. Yeah, and you and thought, he's never going to pull the trigger, my or God. Or is he not going to? Yeah. Or are they going to do something weird to, like, kind of, like, torture him? Like jump scare type oh, of thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. To, like, because it, it gets really quiet, and it slowly pulls out, and you're just, like, waiting for it to happen. Yeah. The, 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 the tension is, like, yeah. you know? and yeah. But, like, yeah, and that was, I think, really, really well done. I think that was well done. And it also reminds me of just, like, another kind of mental health thing that, um popped into my head was I used to work for a organization that advocated for victims of torture, mm-hmm. survivors of torture. Um, and that, so a lot of the clients that I'd worked with would have like a gun held to their head right. for a certain amount of time. Right. And then the gun would be taken back and then they wouldn't be killed. And that's like something that we like that specifically. And I was thinking about like Otis's love of like the torture and the pain and the fear and the horror. Yeah. Right. So I was thinking like, because in in mental health treatment, we, we call that white torture, which I don't even know where that came from. I should probably look it up. But it's this idea of, like, you're constantly being threatened with the end of your death or, like, with your death, mm-hmm. but it never comes. Yeah. Or sometimes people will, like, constantly threaten violence and it never comes. Right. And so what happens to you psychologically and physically is that your body's just constantly keyed up. Mm. Right? And so your, yeah. adrenal, your adrenaline is just constantly coursing through your veins and your body never knows when to stop it because you're forced to the threshold exactly of death exactly right in in whatever context it is right because that moment like with a gun to your head Mm -hmm. at death's door exactly and and it's like a second a second and 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 quite quickly you could be pulled out of it or or not you know and, and and yeah and i and that is one thing that i am fascinated by is people who come back from this near death experience or people who experience like facing death yeah. because it's um, like, I don't know about you. I have been in a position where I, I was certain that I was going to die. Right. And that really changes your perspective on life. I think if you do survive, mm-hmm. I think it changes your perspective on how you see safety and threats and your relationship to other people and like your relationship to death. And that's one of the things I love about my work is actually talking to people about those moments because I think those are such, I mean, horror, like that's horror, right? Like that's horrifying. And, and how people are able to find going on this after that, I think is like, it's beautiful and fascinating and it's like such a human experience. Mm -hmm. It's such a, well, such a mammal experience, right? Like such a living creature experience. It's like, a profound experience of life. Yeah. And so when he was doing that, I was thinking like a part of me was thinking like, I wonder if he's feeding off of that horror. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like as a character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if like, that's why he's waiting so long Yeah, is because he's getting something off of that, that horror. I think even like the, the choice to do that. Right. And I'm sure mm-hmm. in that moment, 
if you've had a gun held to your head, if it was for five seconds, it would have felt like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Five hours, yeah, right? Like, dude. The time just accordions, probably. You're just yeah. like, oh, fuck. It's relative yeah, as yeah, hell. Yeah. 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 And, and even in that moment, right, you're like, I don't re- really remember how long that scene was, actually, you mm-hmm. know, but it dragged because you're waiting like for something to happen. Yeah. yeah. And there's biological, actually, for people who are in those situations, too, there's a biological um, response that people have, right? There's a reason why time feels like it's going so slow. Yeah. Right? And it's because your brain is, like, actually moving slower and more deliberately because it's sending all of your energy to different parts of your body to try to respond to either fight Mm. or flee. It's sending, it's, like, trying to problem solve. It's trying to also protect your psyche, right? Yeah. In those situations. So who are you? Dude, I have no idea. This is the one where I was like, I was thinking about it. I don't know. I'm going to try to pick the most, like, innocuous character. Let me hear it. Let me have it. (laughs) I don't know. The sheriff guy that (laughs) called the cops in that doesn't appear again. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. Um, I would like to think that I'm the dad. And I was so bummed when the dad died. But I, um, I think that that was who I would want to be. He was, like, so fierce in trying to find his daughter, right? Yeah. And so fierce in, like, tracking down the sheriff and tracking down the house. Um, and, oh, kitty. And I feel like it was, yeah, it was just really upsetting. And then, yeah, it was horrifying. But... I think that that's who I would want to be mm-hmm. in that situation. Because yeah. there's, because like you said, there's so many characters that are not as likable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, this was cool, though. Yeah. I think uh, I was a little skeptical about <laughs> Me too. what would come from this conversation. <laughs> but I think we, yeah, I think we ended up with a lot of really actually valuable things. Um, and I, I think, again, the, the goal of this podcast Sometimes we get into it just because we do like movies, but um, what we want to do is ultimately try to extract some, you know, some useful or, yeah, again, we're seeing yeah. horror movies through the lens of mental health. So it's not always going to be about the movies themselves, and mm-hmm. we'll go off and talk about different topic topics and stuff. Um, and uh, I think, again, something like this proves that it's still worth talking about and looking at. Absolutely. And we still got to see a cool movie. It was still cool. It was still cool. Yeah. And to everybody out there, I think like part of the reason too that I I like our little podcast is because I want us to be able to talk about um, and just normalize trauma. Normalize like, you know, humans are traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> Life is traumatizing. And your response to the traumas that you've experienced, I mean, we don't talk about it enough. We respond in a bunch of different ways, and they're all, for the most part, normal. Even yeah. if they're not helpful, even if they're hurtful, right. you know, you're not alone in that. Yeah. Like it's it's very common, right. and I think a lot of folks like on horror Twitter or just like in the horror community have like varying perspectives and like insight into what that horror has been like for them in right. their life, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that's important to talk about. So I'm glad we did this. Yeah. And with that, sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.